It's the 8th of June and round two is finally upon us. We've gotten there, ladies and gentlemen. We're about to see some footy back onto the park, which is a great thing for everyone involved, even though none of us will be able to be there live to watch it. But it's footies back nonetheless. Um, and a, a few things have changed since the last time we had a show. We've actually now got a sponsor on board uh, for, for the Tiger cast, believe it or not. We're, we've hit the big time. VB has jumped on board. Um it, everyone knows what you know VB is, but uh, they, as part of the contractual obligations, they did require that we had to sort of sing part of the jingle um, on air just to give them a bit of a plug. So, what <laughs> music happening here? All right. Yeah, you can get it whinging about the fixture. You can get it closing That's the it. state borders. You can get it any old how. A matter of fact, all the interstate flogs have got it now. Victorian bias. Right, I got it now. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that went better than I thought it was going to. Anyway, welcome to the show, everyone. We've got the, the usual cast <laughs> here tonight, and I'm sure it's going to be a cracking show with the off-air conversations when anything to go by. So, uh, Tig71, welcome, mate. How are you? I'm good, mate. Yeah, good. Got a lovely story to share with you and the listeners um, in a little bit of time. Um, yeah, I've had a wonderful week and had a very, very special interaction with someone that I want to say, Malcolm, mate, I hope you're well, bud. So we could, this could be a new segment, story time with Tig seventy one. Gather around, <laughs> children, listen to Uncle Tig's. That's exactly right. No, we should we should grow it. Yeah, very good. And <laughs> uh, and CB seventeen, welcome to the show, mate. How are you? Uh, Michael's, Michael's, Michael, stop now. Okay. I'm fired up for this. I'm ready to go. Let's go, bloodbath. Bloodbath straight off the bat. The floor straight is yours, off. my friend. Right out. Let's do this. Right now, there's a bigger menace on social media than Donald Trump's Twitter feed. Tiggs, 71. You got any idea who it is? I thought you were saying it was Tiggs, 71. I thought, Ooh. shit, that's a bit Ooh. harsh. Well, let me guess. Is it Snake Baker? <laughs> oh. no, not, not quite Teffy. No. Not Michaels? Michaels? Uh, Can I, guess? It, it, it has to be Moe by the Sea. Oh, or something yes. something well, to do with them. Like they're Just the shit they put out, their videos of coming in the training, I don't know. Well, let me tell you, Michaels, the Geelong social media team and their Twitter account. Now, I want to put a big shout-out to my girl, Elton John's wig, because she made me aware of the sickness, wankness, and utter douchebaggery of them on Twitter. I get it. Everyone is now having fun or expressing themselves. But I challenge anyone to watch Patrick Dangerfield strutting into the training ground with Kenny Loggins blasting Danger Zone on a boombox and not say he looks like an absolute wanker. Then there's the Team 3 entrance. I can't remember watching anything less vomit-inducing. On behalf of everyone, stop it. Stop it now. It's just making you look try-hard wannabes. You can't manufacture what you haven't got, and clearly that's the difference between a club like Richmond right now and the Cats. We're the real deal, and you guys are the Diet Coke of having fun culture. Blood <laughs> over. Uh, when I saw that Team 3 one, I reckon I've watched that about 10 times, trying to work out what the three was. I'm like, three flags, three... I just couldn't, couldn't work it out. And yeah, Team 3, I'm like, oh, for God's sake. Yeah, no, they're, they're not right down there. Oh, I just... Just continue on. I'll go nuts. <laughs> They've had a pretty good week. Uh, there was, um, then all the talk about how they're wanting all their home games again back at Maui by the Sea, the Velodrome. Um, and then all of a sudden it comes out that all the MCG home tenants are getting a, a big pay cut for, <laughs> for helping out. And it's like, you beauty. <laughs> how good is that for a bit of kick in the face to them? Actually, speaking of... um bloodbaths and things did anyone see the footage of um 
that we got tagged in. Anyone see the footage of uh, the Adelaide training session today? Yes. No, 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 I didn't. I was out, as I mentioned. Oh, my goodness. Let me tell you, you want to talk about a broken club, you should, you should watch um, Cole Hardigan and some other dude punching on a training, like full-on punching. Like really? Like full-cut lunches. Yeah, it's delicious. Where and is it? it? Where Billy, is it in Twitter, Billy is it? Frampton and Cole Hardigan. So I think Frampton, if I'm not mistaken, come across from Port Adelaide, I think. Or one of them did. One of them has moved across from the, the arch rival. Um, yeah, so, so I'm just watching the footage again here. So someone's kicked a goal, and then it wasn't involving those two. One of them pushed the other bloke, and then all of a sudden, punches are being thrown. Like, full blown, like, three or four punches being thrown. Remember when, was it Cloak and Satanta are helping a carton? <laughs> oh, yeah, when he as kicked him in that. The... <laughs> yeah. As good as that, without the boot. Uh, funny enough, um, well, can I, I might as well tell you guys about me today. Yeah, all right, so, you know, all the parents would know that your kids are probably going back to school tomorrow. So, you know, so that, you know, this weekend's been pretty busy, getting them all ready, getting more haircuts and all that sort of thing. So um, this afternoon, I decided to have a little bit of me time. So what I did, because, you know, I've been stuck at home and, you know, homeschooling and all this. I got in my car and I found myself, I just thought I'd just drive, listen to music, you know, just, um, just you know, have a bit of me time, which was really well deserved. But anyway, I'm driving along and I find myself in the city. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to support the local retailers out there, coffee shop, I'll find something, I'll pull over, I'll give myself a meat pie and have a coffee and just, you know, walk, to, walk through the city because I haven't been there for ages. Anyway, I, I parked the car and I get out of the, you know, the, uh, by the way, the, the parking in the city is exorbitant, the pricing there is just, but that's anyway, that's another tangent. You know, I get out of the underground <laughs> car park and I'm in Elizabeth Street. Anyway, I see this, this, uh, you know, the homeless, homelessness is an issue, right? Particularly after COVID, you know, these poor bastards. Anyway, it was a guy there um, and he saw me, I, I'm unfortunately, I'm a smoker, so he saw me open up my pack of cigarettes and I could see, he put his hand up, he was sitting on the bench there and he asked me for a cigarette and I said, you know what, I'll give you one and I had, I was under no rush, so I gave him a cigarette and I had one and I decided to sit with him and we had a bit of a chat. And his name's Malcolm, by the way. It's, so Malcolm, hopefully you listen to me on that little um, radio that you have. Um, anyway, we got to talking, and, and, you know, he told me about his life and, you know, the miseries that he's had and, you know, um, you know, I sort of got an understanding of, you know, how bad mental illness is because that's why he's homeless and all this other stuff, right? So it's pretty, pretty bad. And, and his story was telling me, I don't want to get anyone depressed, but the story he's telling me is pretty dark. And anyway, then he, he said to me, you know, he goes, look, can you, have you got 10 bucks? So I knew it was coming, and I said, listen, you're hungry, and he goes, yeah, I am. And I said, well, I'm not going to give you any money, but if you want a pie, I want to get myself a pie and a Coke. He goes, yeah. So now I got us both a pie and a Coke and we sat down and we continued talking. Anyway, I had to wrap it up because I was talking for a good 45 minutes. Anyway, we finished finished everything. I And also, too, I brought him a pack of cigarettes, right? Um, gave him that as a little bit of surprise and um, he had a bit of a tear come in his eye when I gave it to him. And I said, mate, it's nothing. It's a pack of cigarettes. And he goes, Michael, he said, I've had misery in my life. He said, you know, um, he said, you know, I was – now, don't laugh about this, guys, because this is how he said it. And I believe him, so he's not lying. But, you know, he's born with – what's that genetic condition where you, um, you're a man but you don't have a penis? You have a – like a half a penis or whatever it is and it's part of a woman's organ. Uh, hermaphrodite. A hermaphrodite, right? But he was more male side than female side, whatever that is, right? Sorry, I'm not cultured in the hermaphrodite space. But anyway, he was a hermaphrodite. He copped a lot of it with that. Um, his his parents died um, when he was sixteen. They led on to a mental illness. It was tragic. His life was just absolutely tragic. And then he goes to me, but goes Mick. He goes, B, 
but people like you, he goes, make me smile. And I said, well, mate, I'm glad. I said, because I said, you know, I'm surprised, you know, a weaker person probably would have done themselves in. He goes, you know what, Mick? I've thought about it many times, he said, but the reason I haven't done it and the, re- the sole reason I haven't done it, he goes, yeah, I've had misery in my life, but it's every morning I wake up and every night I go to bed with one thought. I said, well, what's that one thought? You know, I need to share it. I fucking love to know what that one thought is. You know, I can live by that one thought, you know. He goes, Michael, he goes, and he looked me deep in, his, in my brown, deep brown eyes and he said, Mick, he said, I'm not a Carlton supporter. <laughs> And he said, and that just balances everything out. Because I'm not a couple Everything that's happened to me is done. It's, there's no shit. He said, because you imagine how bleak it would be if I was Carlton Sport. And, I, and I, in a spiritual level, I understood exactly where he's coming from. And so, guys, just be happy. You don't marry for the blues. Who cares if you lost Thursday? More strength to your arm, Malcolm. Good on no, you, mate. Who cares you haven't got a wheelie when you should have a wheelie? Right? Tears that you might be ugly and alone. No, don't don't worry. You don't follow Colton. Think <laughs> how how bad your life really could be. If you're like those idiots that follow Colton, you know, and they disbelieve that they're becoming a good side every every twelve months it comes up and until they get beaten up again and then it's not their fault, it's everybody else's fault and the club and, and the competitions. You don't have to go through that torture. Right? And that's what I got. So Malcolm, God bless you, son. And go Tigers. Your face must have lit up when he said that. Oh, oh he was a gun. I, I, look, I, I get emotional just talking about because he's so right, right, so right. You know, like yeah, it's fantastic. Like, and and, yeah. and, me, and and just on Carlton, I'd just like to all our Carlton listeners out there, happy twenty fifth anniversary since your last flag. Twenty five years, a quarter of a decade's <laughs> gone by. Well, that's funny enough. You, we you, can you say that now. Good is it? Because we're not the ones with the, the long yeah. streak. And, and the thing is, is that you got me there because that was the reason why I was doing this story because you know of the milestones. So, um, yeah, go go, suck a big black one. Um, <laughs> actually, you can't say that, can it? Black balls, you can't say it anymore. Um, I don't mean you know, you know, love everybody, but yeah, go. <laughs> yeah, well done, Malcolm. You're. Uh, He's a All gun. the best to you, and not a true word was spoken, but luckily not, he's not got, a Carlton yeah, He's supporter. got big yellow and black balls, trust me. He's got big yellow and black balls. He's a good man. Good no, man. Good story. You, should, you should go out driving out and about more often. Well, mate, mate, I'm going to do it before the next show, and I'll, and I'll see what happens, right? And I'll see um, what happens, and I'll share it with everyone. There you go, listeners. If you see Tiggs everyone out in the street, just sit down and have a chat with him, and you get your story on air. And, exactly. you, and you'll know, and you'll know, and you'll know Tig Seventy One's car because it's the number plate that says Mighty Penis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is Mighty. You forgot the tiger part. Mighty Tiger Penis. Oh. <laughs> Chinese loved. I don't know. For some reason I got that. The Chinese follow me. Run after the car. It's great because it's a Mighty Tiger Penis. So. Yeah. Oh, very good. Oh, we better get stuck into some footy because we do have our round two game coming up this week against the arch enemy, the Magpies. It's been a long time coming, but um. Very glad that Footy is back. Can I just say something? Because fucking Wayne really pissed me off from that crap station SEN, right? God, that's gone downhill with all the ads and stuff. But anyway. Hey, dude, I need need my um, gutters and drain pipes fixed, thank you. Yes, you do. (laughs) Uh, But listen, people are talking about, uh, they'll go and review on the game, right? They go, oh, yeah, but Collingwood's had it on Richmond. And I I nearly smashed my car, right? No, they haven't had it on us. Right, we've beaten them eight out of the last ten encounters. They beat us in that preliminary final. Yes, they did. Every team is entitled to a horrendous game. Yeah, we had Gastra, we had Martins, 
knee and all that other stuff. But look, give it to them, right? You got that win. Round two that we played after the preliminary final, we had Jack Dewey's um, wrist. We had um, we had uh, Rance first game without Rance, and I reckon Fremantle could have beaten us, right? We were just disjointed. But since we got our act together, then they then we absolutely pumped them the last game that we played, right? So they weren't even in it, right? Like I mean, literally, it was a, it was a cricket school. Um, it was over a quarter. Tom, I just watched that today. Yeah, it was, yeah, we smashed them. Absolutely smashed them. It was only when we took the foot off the pedal. I think they had a good five minute burst at the end of the third, and and a, a little bit in the fourth. Then we stabilised and just um, still went on with it. So. They're not even close. And the reason why they're never close and they would never be close is because their game plan is a copy of ours. Um, but they don't have the talent on the outside that we do. So we can easily counteract it. So, um, yeah. Anyway, I just want to put that out. That got my that got um, got me hot and bothered when I was hearing that. And I was thinking, Dwayne, you're an absolute fool. Please, for once, just resign. You know, it's just stupid. Yeah, I know you mean that we have them on the outside, but when I was looking at the the names on paper today, the one thing for them that is a big strength, I think, is their backline um, with Roughhead, Moore, and Hal. Just the aerial threat, because we tend to have a, a habit of often bombing it in, sometimes blindly. I know we've got two tall plays down there now, which helps with Lynch and Rewalt, but bombing it in high really plays to their strengths, I feel, and I, I just don't want us to starve ourselves of opportunities by just blazing late. I think it's one of those games where we're going to have to really lower our eyes and hit targets. Yeah, look, but their back line's never been... Like, I don't fear their back line. I, I know what you've said, and, and I'm going to give you a point on that, but outside of Moore, uh, Roughhead and, um, has got no speed. What I mean, speed with the, when the ball um, lands is... Let's say he takes the mark or if he spills the mark, he... To, to get the ball up, he, he's not quick on that. So we can add pressure as soon as the ball gets spilt. He's not a great kick. Um, Ruffhead's an okay player. I want to say he's a great one. Um, Howe's an interceptor. If we let him play, if we play that stupid bomb it in, yeah, he'll just do that all day um, and just sweep in and take the mark. But with Collingwood, it's never really been a problem of ours. Um, we don't normally do that. We normally... Um, kick deep into their forward line, and that's where you, their weakness is. They're very good. If you kick into that 60 to 50 to 45 metre zone in their back line, you're in trouble. And what you said is absolutely correct, right? But if you kick it when it's 30, 35, uh, 35 to, say, 15 metres, just before the goal square, that's when they're vulnerable, um, those big guys. Um, so outside of more, more, right? I reckon, he's a, I reckon he, if he gets his hamstrings right, but... What I hear, he doesn't. This type of player that, if he doesn't like the environment he is in, he he doesn't play at a hundred percent. So uh, yeah, the back. What worries me with them, um, it's and it, I think it's pretty underrated. Is their footy IQ in their forward line, um, particularly with their um, half forwards. They're pretty smart. Jamie um, Elliott back playing for yeah, me. He's, he's, he's a really he's good. He's been good unlucky with injury. Yeah. Very good player though. Digoe, look, I, I, can, I love giving it to him too, but he's instinctively smart, football smart, you know. Um, he can't spell his own name, but on the football field, he's, he's a genius um, in relation to his instinct. He's like a Jack Rewalt in the sense he, he knows what's going to happen before it happens. Not to Jack's level, but he has that. He has that spark yeah. in him, um, and he normally does well on it. It's just when he f- makes a mistake, for example, in the perfect grand final where he cost aside the whole grand final when he dropped for the balls going over McGovern's head and it didn't, and... That was it, but um, yeah, they're, they're half forwards worry me. If we can, if we can get the ball long and deep, you know, our forward line, and if our midfield and back line can press their forwards, and I, I, look, I don't I, look outside of the, that big pinball they have. 
he had that one-off game. He doesn't really worry me too. But the main thing is we've just got to make sure that we crack into the half-forward line. Compress it. If we can compress it, if we give them no movement to run and we, can, and we in turn run off them, um, that's what we did last game. We played them. Um, to go, it was a, they had to put him in the midfield because he was getting nothing in the forward line. Elliot was running up in the back line, getting sessions because he wasn't getting anything in the forward line. Um, that's where their weakness is. Um, but, uh, is Talor still not? Um, his hamstring still not playing? No, Talor I think he's calf. Yeah, I don't think he'll play by the sounds of it. And there's and, and, uh, there's apparently been question marks over Cox as well. I can't remember what the injury was. Might have been his knee. Something to do with that. Yeah. Um, but they picked up a ruckman. Uh, in the with Darcy Cameron, I think it was. Yeah, so it, they reckon that the way that Bucks has been speaking it sounds like that he's more likely to play than Cox. But yeah, I mean, I know Mason Cox has set the world on five, but he does provide a marking target. I know he doesn't always clunk him, but if he does, it causes headaches. But um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting matchup. I, I know you just mentioned Dugowie. What we talked about a little bit earlier in the day, CB17, but where do you think he's more likely to play? And if, say, he does split midfield and forward, who do we put on him in both positions? Well, it's funny. I because I watched, I watched their first game as well, thought I'd have a look at it, and Dugowie went into the midfield and played quite well. Um, I thought, anyway, he, he covered the ground quite well, got a few touches. A bit, a bit dusty-like, actually. Goes forward, can have an impact. Goes in the middle, can have an impact. But then when I re- when I watched our round 19 game last year, Collingwood actually put him on the ball against us as well. So it's not something that was as out of the blocks as I thought. Um, I think if he goes forward, it has to be um, Dylan Grimes. I think it just has to be. Just yeah. stop him. Um, in the midfield, it, the problem is our midfield is so <coughs> diverse. It's a question of what we've got going on as well and, and the momentum of the game. So whether whether someone's on him per se or whether we're going to do our thing, you know, and um, let our boys get to work and just beat them head-to-head, you know. We tend to like, do that a bit, don't we? Just go head-to-head, yeah. back ourselves in. Oh, yeah, yeah because yeah. because there's, the thing is with them, what's great with our back line is we, we will, let's say with Dugowie, and what works, has been working with us with them so well is what they don't like is we just allow personnel, like, for example, Vlostin might go in for a little bit, Grimes might go in from Grimes will mind him, but Vlostin will short, might pop in, uh, Basher might pop in. You know, a whole back line will rotate. It's all about position, you know what I mean, mm. um, how we play. They're got not, not afraid to hand off. My concern with them, and this is the only weakness we have with them, um, if they get that midfield, uh, uh, you know, ball forward from setter, game style that they've got, they can be bursty that way. If they get that run on, they're like us in the sense they're a momentum side. If they kick two or three goals, it's very hard to stop them. Um and I don't know what it is. It's mainly because I don't like them so much. They're, they're such a tin-ass club. You know what I mean? Like, the ball has to bounce their way. You know what I mean? All the fucking time. Every decision is their way. It fucking does my head in. Every the fucking things, decision. The, the, the two things, the, the two players, I mean, and the obvious one is Grundy, because Grundy's an aerobic beast. Like, he's, he's a seriously, he's a gun, right? You can't, doesn't matter who he plays for, he's, a, he's just a dead set gun. And now with shortened quarters, I wonder, because um, their forward line isn't that tall, and with my check out, I wonder if Grund, Grundy's going to have basically no time off the ground. He'll have bugger all time off the ground. Well, I can see Grundy, if he's not in a ruck, he's pushing forward. That's what I can see. 
and he'll be quite dangerous up there because he's a very mobile um, player. Is he, but, is he a dangerous forward? Like, has he? See, he, I don't I see think, him clunking marks and kicking goals. I that's not part of his game, is it? Or unless yeah, I'm but he still right. takes he still takes your tallest player, doesn't he? Like someone has to mind him, and he's a big, strong unit. And um, like I said, he can run all day. He's a seriously, um, and he brings other players into the ground. You know, he's good at ground level, and he brings other players in. So I think he's one. The shorter quarters will definitely benefit him and um, his style of play in particular. And the other guy we've got to respect is um, Taylor Adams. Behind, yeah, Pendle- be- yeah. behind, behind Pendlebury, he's their um, second-best yeah. midfielder. Yeah, Absolute gun. Absolute gun. What about Sidebottom? Are we going to give him 40 touches again? Oh. Nah, you know what? You know what, mate? He, he's torched he's a couple of times, but then his other times he's been absolute, yeah. absolute pass yeah. as well. Like, if you look at the last game, he was, he was nowhere, mate. So he's, he's, he's a duck on dinner. Yeah, he play. He 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 runs on top of the ground when their team is running on top of the ground. He's that type. Of, he's the cream player. That's no slight to him. I love him. Uh, still side bottom. I'm having him at Richmond at any time, even his age now, because um, he's a cream type player. He's he, he's called a match winner. He can win your matches. Why? If your team's on top, he he will kill a side. If he's if your team he's not the type of player though, like um, Taylor Allen's, where if you need to fight the wall in the trenches to get your side on top, he's not that type of player consistently enough. He can do it in spurts, but not consistently enough. But what's funny with Taylor Adams, he's it's funny. It's, I had a I got a mate unfortunately who's Collingwood supporter, and when we recruited Prestia. He goes, oh, we've got Tay Tay. I don't know why they call him that, but anyway, Tay Tay. We've got Tay Tay. And I said, well, we've got we got Meeple. He goes, oh, Tay Tay's in front of him, and he was at that stage. But now, pressure's above. Um, you know, I, I'm trying to be as unbiased as I can. Statistically wise, um, dependability wise, he plays more games consistently, less injured. He's a better midfielder than um, Adam. So I think we're okay. I, I think midfield wise, where they used to worry me too much, my 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 real concern with them though is if they get that outside ball. They've got Stevenson. They've got good wingers. They've got a couple of good, really good kids in um, Brown and um, I forgot what the other. He uh, looks like he's just you know burgled the house in in Frankston. What's his name? Um, well, they all look like they burgled, burgled I was the house. Say. Kids, aren't they? Um, <laughs> yeah, but Brown, they've got one other, a couple of other kids that uh, are lightning quick. Um, Stevenson's the one in their forward line. Yeah. Right? he's an igniter. He's going to be hard to cover. And he's got a bit of a tank on him too. They've got that yeah. kid Elliot, um, that other, that other Elliot Hoskin Elliot. Um, he's got he's yeah, got an engine in on him. He's yeah. got an engine in on him. Um, but look, our half forwards, our younger kids have grown. Um, so Rioli can run. You know, endurance is a lot better. Um, we've got Georgie as well. So we've got weapons too. Look, how I think the game's going to go, I, both of, both sides are a grinding side. We like to, um, the last five, ten minutes of every quarter, we like to come on top, right? We don't have that luxury anymore. So I seriously think this will be hell for leather, goal, um, you know, hell to skelter, kick it forward at all costs. And I reckon that's how most games are going to be played. And that's why I reckon we're going to win the flag again this year. Why? Because that system of play is second nature to us. Yeah, it's, we've been doing it longer than everyone else. Yeah, it's alien for everybody else. They don't know how to mm. protect a turnover. We do, right? Um, we know how to protect a turnover playing that style. No other side really does. So it'll be interesting. And um, it'll be interesting. So that's why I reckon we're going to win comfortably, not because we're a superior side to Collingwood, which we are, um, but we're close. They're, they're a very good side, the Pies, but, you know, they're not our level yet. Um but they're going to be playing a foreign game where they're going to have to kick it, not to sharing around, share the ball around, share the ball around, keep it slow, and then kick deep like they do. They're going to have to go helter-skelter, kick the scoreboard ticking over, um, and 
they're going to get punished hard on the turnover. Um, that's how I see it. The other thing I want to talk to you guys about is our, the ruck dilemma that we currently have at the moment. Um, our scratch match, or intra-club, whatever you want to call it, we had on the weekend was interesting because Nank was an opposite team to Soldo and a few different reports come out saying that Soldo probably won the battle on the day. Um, playing against Collingwood with if they've got Grundy and Cox or Grundy and Cameron, whoever they, if they go with two ruckmen, are we going to mirror that and go with Nank and Soldo as well, even though it's the shortened quarters? Or Lepic kind of just vaguely, or someone did, hinted at a, someone like a Marlon Pickett could do the Sean Grigg role, uh, which I thought was a really uh, interesting and left field uh, idea to go again. But uh, do we do we match them two rucks for two rucks, or do we go with one? And if it's one, who is it? I'm, I'm just going to be a bit boring here, and I'm just going to say there's only going to be one change to the team that beat Carlton. Um, I don't I don't see why you change a premiership-winning team. So I, I, I personally believe we're going in with the two big guys, because Collingwood will have two big guys anyway, but I think we play our brand, and our brand is with Nan Curvis and Soldo. But I think the only change for mine will be um, Sydney stack out for Basher Hawley. I can, that's the only change that I'm seeing coming to that team. So for me, the ruck dilemma... There is none. We'll, we'll go with two. And, um, yeah, I think Bash is coming in for Sid. Yeah, I agree with um, CB. I, I, you don't um, break a formula that works for you. Um, having having two big rucks is not going to hurt us because the quarters are shorter. It's not like we're going to get slower as the game goes on. Uh, we're having a mobile ruck um, help stop that. Um, and, look, in saying to that, uh, Grundy... Um, Soldo is going to be a better option to nullify Grundy's um, tap work. He's proven that. He did really well in the round 19 game we played them last year. Um, and you've got, um, and I even think he kicked a couple of goals on him too um, as well because Grundy's not really great defensively at all. And then Curvis is the, is yeah, he's, he's, he's got to get his engine going. But once he does, he's, he's like a heart and soul type player for us. Um yeah, I wouldn't be changing them. It's, look, I really want CCJ to play. I really wanted to get games into him because I rate him as a talent. I reckon he could be a fantastic ruck come forward. He reminds me so much of Char, um, Justin Charles or Brendan Gale when they were young. You know that yeah. Yeah, yeah. presence? He's got that presence about him. He's He's got that frame where he's very skinny at the moment, but as he builds mass to that, and he's got an engine, which is rare for a ruck. He's got an engine. I can see him be our Max Gorn type. So... Um, we need to get games into him. Um, and without the VFL, I'm really worried. And look, I love Nankervis. Yeah, I love Nankervis. And I hope all you Richmond guys to settle down. I love Nank, right? I would tattoo him on my chest if my chest was as big enough <laughs> to have Nankervis's name on it, right? But the reality is this, right? Soldo, and this is my opinion, Soldo has more upside than Nankervis as a pure ruckman, right? We just consider just ruck work and forward craft. He kicks more goals from time on game than Nankervis, and he's better at the tap outs. And our clearances improve when Soldo, as Soldo started to learn the game, and Soldo's a kid, right? But so is Nankervis, right? But CCJ has the most upside out of all of them, right? So I'm in part, if I had my way, if I was Hardwick, I would bite the bullet. I would. If I'm going to keep Nank Curvis, which I'd be happy to do, I go, okay, Nank, you're locked in as number one. CCJ, you're number two. Soldo, we just put you in in case of injury, and if we can, we'll trade you to someone else to get some currency. And that would kill me to say it, and that's brutal, 
Uh, no passion, but that's what I'll do. CCJ, CCJ needs to be playing with Richmond Football Club seniors. He needs to. Be. I think he does. I think because there was a bit of speculation last year that he was contemplating getting opportunity elsewhere because he he thought he was ready to play senior football, and he may well be right. But I think during this course of the year, I can see a, a pretty handy three-way ruck rotation happening for games. Just mix and match the combos, get game time into him. It keeps the other two fresh. For if we are thereabouts in finals, I think it's a pretty good outcome all round. Agree. And the other one I want to talk about is Riley Corlier Dawkins. Um, CB17, have you seen him? Have you seen much of him this off season? Um, what's your thoughts? How far is he away from getting a game? Oh, I think he's behind others, mate, if I'm honest. I think he's, um, he's not pushing Marlon or um, young Jack Ross out of the team anytime soon or Sydney Stack. He's, he's it, behind a few. Is it work rate? Uh, That's his problem? Oh, I think just some players naturally take longer than others. He's, he's, he seems like a good kid. He's a solid kid. Um, he did some good things last year. Like, you look at that last quarter in the grand final. So he's obviously got the ability. Um, but I think he lacks the consistency to be a senior footballer at the highest level. And that's something that, you know, we, we have to continue to work with him in the reserves. But unfortunately, you know, kids like him, this, this is the, the sad part. He won't be the only one. With no reserves comp this year, how does he develop? Um, so there's going to be a few few young kids out there in a similar boat to him that are probably going to miss a little bit of um, development opportunity game-wise. Um, but like I said, he's, he's worth persisting, but I'm, I'm not a fan of giving games to kids for the sake of giving them a game. They've got to earn it, and I don't think he's forced his way ahead of other others at this stage. Yeah. Um, what about our half-back line for this Thursday night? It's an interesting scenario with pretty much now a fully fit list available. So we've got Hawley, Stack, Short, Lost, and Camden McIntosh was playing there in the VFL a lot last year. That was the role they were trying to uh, re-energise him in. Egmelissi Smith and Jack Ross, they actually played on the half-back line in the scratch match and apparently did a really, really good job down there. So, And even Liam Baker is another one too. I probably forgot to add on the list. So they're all kind of competing for spots. Um, I know you guys both mentioned that you reckon Stack will miss out, which might shock a few people, but... Um, who do you who's the the optimum two half backs that you want ball in hand with? Well, I mean, Baker probably locked in one really. Let's be honest. Yeah. Well, Baker for me, you can't you can't uh, remove him now. Um, he's more important to me than Short is. Uh, to be honest, with you. and I'll explain why. He's proven um, he does something that Short doesn't do as often. Short does it, but doesn't do it as often. Baker will put his head over the ball and get smashed. Right, so no issue doing it. Right. Um, to create a um, to create a stoppage. Um, now Baker had some issues he was doing those blind hat kicks, but so was Short. But Baker has to stay on the side. He he has that he can go forward if we need him to. Um, he, he's a, he's got a nice kick to him when he takes a bit of patience, um, and he's, he's he's a brave little nugget. So Baker for me, Short's another one he needs to stay in. Hooli for me, I love Hooli. Um, I, I I love him to bits, but. If you ask me, Michael, out of those three, who would you play going forward all this year into next year? It's going to be have to be Baker and Short. And the brutal reason why is Hawley's 30. What is he, 31, 32? He's 32. He's 32. Um, but I don't think Hawley will be playing, though, because of his calf. No, he, no, he got through, through two-thirds of the game, yeah. Mm. He's on minimal training, though. I don't know. It'd be a brave... It'd be a brave um, selection decision if we do, but we do tend to err on the side of caution, don't we? If someone yeah. is fifty-fifty, we'll say no before we will say yes. 
Oh, that's great. We've got such an intelligent half-back line. Really, our full-backs are mobile enough to play half-back. That's, like, Grimes has got speed to him. The Boston's only one who can't is Asprey. That's really. it. Every, yeah. Everyone else is a weapon. Everyone else can run. They can intercept Mark. They can hit a target by foot. Um, we need Baker desperately because he's got a defensive side. He can play against someone. Um, he's, obviously, he makes errors, and there's some guys, games he loses concentrations and we get stung. But Short is a w- offensive half-back flanker. He's got that beautiful kick. He doesn't defend really well. Like, one-on-one, um, from games I've seen, I've seen every game he's played on the Richmond jumper and the seniors, he, for me, is very poor defensively. Baker has gotten better, and you can see that he's he's trying to add that strength to his bow. So, um, Would um, would Baker be a, a good matchup for a Jamie Elliott? I know Elliott's probably got a little bit more spring and oh, a touch more 100%. height, but... Yeah, 100%, 100%. He frees up. That's why... The reason I want Baker, too, because you put Baker and Elliott, and Elliott will still kick three goals, right? But Baker will make his life hard, and Baker will rebound off him and so give Elliott something to think about. But Elliott will still score three. But the beauty of it, though, it frees up um, Grimes, and it frees up Bloston. And we will save... We might lose three goals, but we'll save six goals. Because those two extra players will be freed up to man their men, but also to zone and do whatever they do because Baker will be manning him. And Baker has the toe to go with him. So yes. if they run up the ground, he can go with them. Um, there were so many times where um, he created – I still remember where people talk in the preliminary final where Short broke the lines and kicked long and Lynch um, – I think Lynch scored a goal from that um, – I think it was in the second quarter or whatever it was. But it was actually from a chain started from Baker's handball. In congestion, they got got everything running. So, um, yeah. Now our half back line for me is our strength. Our back line is what makes us as a club. Brody's going to have to take um, Stevenson because he's got oh, the Brody, size and yeah. the pace to go with him. Shit, I didn't yeah. have him on the list. So he'll have to he'll have to he'll have to take he'll have to take Stevenson. He's got the, he's done it before, done the job yep. on him before. Um, if I was to, to, I'm in a dilemma on stack because. He's a bloody good utility type. He can obviously he's damaging forward and he's damaging in the back line. Um, if I had to pick Hooli's replacement, and, and get, don't get me wrong, I'm not putting Hooli at the retirement. I'm just saying, <laughs> long term, um, I think it's probably going to be Patrick Nash or Sydney Stack will take his spot. But I agree. I agree with you. I would go. <clears throat> I'll, see. There's one player that I would love to play in our back line, but he'd be wasted, right? Because, you, you know, back line, I'm not – this is no disrespect to the back line. You've heard how much I love them. But when you get the super intelligent footy IQ, you've got to play them centre of the ball, right? Centre forward. But So, Shy Bolton, he's smart, creative, evasive. He reminds me of Edwards, but uh, very, very young Edwards, but with a lot more speed um, to his game. So, um, but uh, specifically about the back line with Stack uh, – I don't know, with Stack, I, I, I saw what he did. I love his creativity on the forward line. I actually think Stack, if he had the discipline, I would play Stack because we've got a spot on our side that no one owns it yet. It's a wing. We've got Shy Bolton on one side. Alice is now gone, right? So well, I would Caddy, put... Caddy, they'd use on the other, yeah, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah, Caddy's on the other. We've got Shy Bolton. Um, we've got Shy Bolton. Um, but really, I reckon Stack, if he, if he put... You know where he can play in the, like a caddy role, and caddy's not the fastest person. But we saw what damage he could do. Imagine Stack floating in the midfield, going under the wing, getting that freedom to be as creative as he is. Um, at the moment, Shy Bolton sort of following that uh, role. I reckon that's more suited to a Stack type. 
um, player, but has he got the discipline and has he got the drive to do it? That's the question marks for me. Mm. And what about Dusty? I mean, where do we see him playing on Thursday night? Is he? Are we going to be splitting the forward and midfield, or does he just do his oh, own thing? Let him play anywhere. Next, let him play anywhere. Is anyone anyone at all concerned about the knocky guy? I think he took a knock to the ribs and he sort of slowed down a bit for the last part of that scratch match. Nah. He'll be right He'll be to fine, go. Mate. Oh, He's hard as nails. Do you see how lean he is? He's hard as a cat's head. He is as lean and he's, and he's raring to go as anyone else. And, um, yeah, I'll, look, for me personally, I'm playing – he goes where he, he – either midfield or forward. He'll go when he knows where we need it. Um, but, listen, put him in the midfield, it scares – um, it scares the mid, rival midfields get a lot more honest when Dusty's in the guts, right? So that's what I'll be doing. And, and considering the nature of the game, I think with it being um, so helter skelter from the center, I reckon he'll play more center than he'll play forward this year. That's just my call. Oh, I, I wouldn't mind, I, I wouldn't mind Dusty starting forward. No, I'd actually start Pickett with Prestia and Cotchin on the ball just for a bit of variation because obviously Pickett's still a bit of an unknown quantity, if that makes sense. He's only played two games. So there can't be that much IP on him out there. So can, I wouldn't mind giving Marlon first crack at him. Can I give a say a crucif- um, uh, uh, a thought that many might not like and criticise me on, but I just can't shake it. I'm, everyone's locking Marlon Pickett into our twenty-two, and I don't know why. Well, he did yes, a blind turn a, in the grand final. Yes, You're locking I know him he did. <laughs> I know he did. Right? I know he did. Right? And you know, I'm wrapped for him. But his game, the first game of the year, he wasn't that good. I thought he was all right. He was serviceable. Yeah. Right? Camden McIntosh has always been serviceable. Yeah, but Mar- Marlon's got better. Pickett's got a few more tricks, though. Oh, the yeah, one thing that no, stands no. out for me is his vision and his disposal. He, he always just manages to pick the right option. He might not accumulate a shitload of it, but... Yeah, but for a player that doesn't care, um, uh, get a shitload of it, you've got to be damaging, but you've also got to be consistent, right? He's not. I don't see it. Look, again, he's only played two games. The consistency comes with games played. But I would have preferred, this is just me, I would have preferred someone that's been, that's shown it at the VFL level for longer. So I would have looked at, I would have looked at players such as um, Nash. I would have looked at players such as Ross. I would have looked at players that have shown consistency in performance and gone, you know what, similar, um, yeah, I'm not saying similar builds up, but you know what, you're going to get the heads up. Marlon did in the grand final because it was smart coaching. They, they wanted to throw a dynamic in there that the other coaches weren't planning for, and it worked fantastically, right? But Marlon, when I was watching him, I thought, yeah, he's, he's playing okay, but I didn't see him as a weapon out there. Now, hopefully he just had just a bad game. You know why? I can explain why. He's used to playing in front of 100,000 people. He would have been shell-shocked in front of no one. Uh, no, but, you know, <laughs> if, you, if you're trying to be serious yet, no, I don't see him... No. I, I don't I see why his game. I get your point. I didn't. I, I've I got some mates thinking he's, he's 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 like top sixteen player on our list. He's not even close. No, he's not he's a still top twenty two. Look, I, I I think he did enough to keep his spot for sure. And if it was me, it, just it's just opinion. I would start Dusty Ford, and um, I would just for the for the value, you got nothing to lose. I'd stick um, I'd stick Marlin in the ball because he's a good hard. He, he's hard at it. Um, and he hits pretty hard. Like that's one thing Marlon does do. He, he hits him. He sticks him. So um, I wouldn't mind giving him a giving him a crack in there. How, how good is it to have someone like Dusty? Where in a it's a clutch game, really. Let's be honest. We can still, you know, possibly start him not in the not in the middle because we don't have to. He's not 
we don't have to rely on him being in the guts to be able to win the ball out. It's just such a, a nice thing to have. And, and, yeah, and, in, the flip, and the flip side is, if I was Collingwood, I'd start with Dugowie in the middle. Just, yeah, just to rattle our cage, I'd actually start with a big ball like Dugowie in there. He's, what, 6'2", built like a brick shithouse? Yeah, I'd put him he, in there. Yeah, Dugowie's look a smart... He's got great footy IQ, but he hasn't got consistency in the guts. He, every game I've seen, he'll have a, he'll have a five-minute blind-up, but then um, where is he, yeah, right? Because he just... Far, but a fast starts what we've got to what we, we have to guard against as well, and the pies can start pretty yeah. quick. So I'm just saying, you know, if you're throwing the Magnus round for a bit of a bit of an edge, because you've only got six, you've got to remember sixteen minute quarters. So if you can get an edge that first five ten minutes, get a bit of momentum, <laughs> it can certainly decide a game. What we have to fix though with this faster ball mil- uh, movement forward is the dynamic between Lynch and Jack, because against the Carlton game, they weren't working well together, in my opinion. Um, as they've shown before. So that's something that we really need to get. I don't know. Was, I don't know if, if one or the other got in each other's way or the nature of how the ball was coming in or no crowds and it was – I don't know. So we'll see. Because, mate, we've got such a loaded forward line. Have you looked at the names on our forward line and the, the, the quality in that forward line? that We talk about the back line. Let's look – shift our gaze forward line. That's an elite forward line we're starting to build. It's pretty handy. It's sexy. It's, oh, it's, it's sexy. Two big guys like that. Lynch, and then, yeah. Lynch Jack, uh, Rioli, and then you've got – and people underrate Georgie, but his chaos, he's, he's, he's weird. What the fuck is he going to do, play style? Um, he's an absolute – you know what, Castagna is an absolute gun. Yeah. He's an elite runner. He's an exceptional mark overhead. And we all know what the knock is. But like I said, mate, he's um, when he's on – you know, he, he, and his defensive pressure. Keep in mind, his defensive work is off oh, the charts. Oh, it's brilliant. Oh, it's great. It's great. Yeah. It's great. But, look, I really hope um, Ross and Graham have injury uninterrupted three years this year. They're the two, for me, that yeah. deserve it. Ross in that back line worries me because of his disposal. Like, he had some howlers, but the practice game he apparently did all right. So, it's hopefully, that was just nerves. I rate him. Yeah, I do, I, too. I like him. Mate, some of the talk I got um, that I heard from the club – um, was that he's got future captain type material written all over him, right? Just you know, they, what I'm saying is going to be a captain of the club or anything, but you know that type of player, right? Yeah. The type of personality that leading and all that sort of stuff, and you know, leaving no stone unturned, discipline. So he's got that in spades. So he really deserves it. I would love to put him just as a full blown mid. I'd, Graham, I rate like he's just poor bloke's been injured, but him in the guts, instead of minding someone to say, all right, Graham, bash as many as you like. Um, and just kick the ball long forward as fast as you can, and do the same thing with Ross. They're two big, huge bodies. Yeah, you know we are such we are such a better team when Graham's in it. Yeah, I love Graham. Yep. And before we I'll finish up, I, I want to talk about Shane Edwards quickly. The, the tra- I, I know you can edit training footage to look however you want it to look, but he's looking as slick as ever with his handballs. He just keeps getting better with age. That oh, he's great, isn't he? He's great. Remember, remember I said it oh, was he two years ago when I said Edwards is like Jesus to me. That's how important I rate him. And I'm being proved right every year he comes. He's just oh, – we spoke about Sidebottom being a cream player, right? He is – and this is how grossly underrated he is because every Collingwood supporter is now going to just, you know, swallow their dentures as soon as I mention this. Edwards is, is what Sidebottom strives to be. He's a cream player that actually can – consistently impact games, but also can get his hands dirty consistently. Um, he's just a jet. He's just an absolute jet. Um, yeah, I can't speak highly enough of him. I love there, him. 
there's the other thing you've got to keep in mind as well. If Bash is in doubt, you can also throw um, Edwards behind the ball and push one of those young fellas That's ahead true. of the ball. He actually did that role really well when he had to because of injury last year. Yeah, yeah. he's played that role before, so he and can that, do it. And that may be where he finishes his career, believe it or not. You might actually, he, when, when Hawley finishes up, he may finish his last couple of years on the halfback line and be that set-up player. Yeah, I just hope, there's one player I really hope kicks it too, is other other than RC, um, Corlea Dawkins, I really want Naish. He's a talented young kid, mate. He's just got such a light frame. But And I hope he's not like a David Burke. I used to love David Burke. Not David Burke. Uh, is it David Burke? Yeah, yeah, his son. yeah David. Yeah, Francis yeah. Burke, yeah. Um, I used to love David Burke, right? Courageous as, he used to throw his head into everything. And he had his limitations, but he had such a light frame, and I reckon that's what cost his career, right? So, so you're telling me he's been on the Danny Meyer diet? Yeah, well, that's <laughs> but, um, oh, but don't be sidetracked because Danny Meyer, what a letdown he was for me, right? He was a, what a letdown he was for me. I got you know him, that? got him, yes, got him. Yeah, it looked like Tarzan plays like Jane. This guy was absolute spud. But um, no, but back on Nash, he is a, he is a talent. And, he, and what he does, what I noticed a couple of VFL games I saw of him, He's the rare type of player, because it's not instinctive for these, you know, halfback flankers, wingers that love kicking goals, right? He loves to set people up. He loves to get other people into the game, right? He does, does a lot of that in the VFL. So I hope he gets an opportunity. I hope, he, I hope his dad, we talk to his dad and say to him, look, yeah, I know it's frustrating, but we're keeping him on the list because as soon as the spot opens, we're going to give it to him. He, I hope he stays with the club because I really see a – Put 10 more kilos on. He's just got to put 10 more kilos on. Um, and he'll be a 22. He's got the talent for it. Yep. No, I agree. Liking Nash's progress. Hopefully, I reckon he'll drag a few games this year. Oh, can we... I don't like bringing politics or anything, but it'd be remiss of us because we've got listeners that, you know, with everything that's going on with the world and all that sort of stuff. Just, I want to give my opinion and, and ask your guys' thoughts on it. I'm not going to go um, bashing anyone or, or hating because I don't think it's appropriate for it i just want to say my thoughts are with everyone that's protesting um i reckon everyone should keep on doing it keep strong with it i feel a little bit ashamed i i'm not a black person i'm spanish by descent um i've got the bitter racist system but nothing as much as a black person i'm not going to even compare um i'm the first to admit i've i truly believe i'm not a racist i treat my teach my kids to treat people equally and i hope i do that but what actually reinforced i mean i might not be a racist but i truly feel this in the message i want to get across i am culpable in a sense because even though personally if I see something that goes wrong I might um, not like it and I might say something with my little circle I don't do anything more than that and that's wrong um, us as a group if we see something that's that's we just don't put up with it it's like if we saw someone hitting a child I'm not saying black people are children but if you get my point something is you know um, repulsive it, it's it's racism is repulsive to me but I, I can't believe I've been silent on it. Um, so this is the biggest silver lining out of everything, what's happened with uh, uh, with the Floyd thing. Um, it's, uh, it's shown me that, hey, yeah, you might not believe you're a racist, but being silent is actually you're endorsing it. I know that's harsh and hard for me to stomach and get to realisation, but that's the truth. Um, if you don't do anything about it, you don't say anything about it, um, and you, you're being complicit with it. Um, and that's not me. So I have full respect for everyone that's going out there protesting. Um, I'm not a protest. I can't go out there protesting. Um, it's just new, uh, not who I am as a person. It's just, but um, I'm making sure that I'm educating my kids a lot more vocally and 
uh, making sure that if I ever see it anywhere in my space that I clamp it down um, overtly, not um, not be so uh, permissive with it. But anyway, that's all I wanted to say. It's crazy what's going on, but hopefully it affects real change globally. Um, and last part, those fucking idiots are taking advantage of it just to, to loot and being idiots about it and stuff. Take a good hard look at yourself. Um, but, yeah. How's everyone else going? What have you thought of this week? You know, the world's a crazy place. Go on, CB. I know you're heavily more into this than I am. <laughs> oh, I just, uh, mate, all I'll say is I just hope everyone is safe um, and there is no place in society for racism. That is absolute fact. And um, oh, I've got some issues in the fact that the message is correct and 100% correct. But um, I think the timing of the marches was poor in the fact that we're in COVID lockdown. But that's just a personal opinion. Um, and I think uh, but the message itself is um, very much important. And um, we need to do a lot more in society to address these issues. Agree. Definitely. Yep, 100%. So as, as you guys touched on, just the keynote, everyone just stay safe first and foremost. Uh, voice your opinions, but do it in the right manner. Um, and everyone just start being kind to one another, as Alan DeGeneres would say. Or can I, I can, ask, can I ask yeah. you guys, I, you mentioned that the fight in the Adelaide Crows, where on earth is it? Do you mean you got tagged in on it? On, yeah, yeah? On, yeah, yeah, Twitter. Twitter. Um, yeah, when we, did we, you get tagged on it? I can't find it. Uh, about an hour or so ago. Oh, no, Mal, maybe it's just me and you, CB. I'll tag you. Can you tag me on it, please? Can you do it yeah. now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you. CB commented back saying he wants to know what Port Adelaide think about it. We'll get, we'll get... <laughs> Don't take the Port Adelaide footy club in it. We'll get we'll get Koshy on and we'll see what he thinks. Oh, uh, by the way, now everyone's going back to work and it's all starting to become good stuff. I'll have next time we do this, I'll I'll see what I can um, garner up in relation to trade news. I do know I'll, I'll give you one um, little bit of a tidbit. Um, we are restructuring contracts. That's all I'm going to say, and I'll elaborate on it next time we do a show, which will be in yeah. a couple of weeks or so, or whatever. Yeah, next, should be all, all things going well, hopefully, next week, assuming that the season progresses as it should. So I've just tagged it, so you can jump on Twitter and check out that. But where can I see it? I've just clicked on it. All I've got is... I, you've got to click on the link from the original tweet. Where That's is right. it? I'll, I'll talk you through it shortly. Uh, we'll, we'll, get, we'll, get a, we'll get a couple of tips before we wrap up. Um, so, CB, who's going to win Thursday and by how much? Oh, I think it'll be tight. I, I'll say 20 points. Tigers, Tigers by 20. Um, and, and I think Dusty will kick four. Oh, very good. Marlon Pickett, best on ground. Tiggs? <laughs> yeah, I reckon we'll win by 38. 38. All right, I'll, I reckon we'll get up by about 18. It's going to be an interesting game given that we only obviously get a chance to play each team once, so we've got to make it count. Um, it's a probably a good time to get the pies because we're all going to be off the same base, I guess. So hopefully we can get the win and, and uh, carry on our winning ways. All right, CB and TX71, thanks for coming on again tonight, guys, and uh, go the Tigers for Thursday night. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Richmond Big Footy Tiger Cast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and YouTube so you can follow all the roasts and toasts, the reviews and previews, and all topics Richmond. Also keep an ear out for our special episodes of interviews with past players. Go Tigers!